The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! A bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, send steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. With Comanche Joe dead from bullet wounds, all hope of proving Tumbleweed's ownership of the ranch the wealthy Indian gave him seems to be gone. Taking advantage of the situation which he created, Abner Cheney, local banker, has caused Tumbleweed's arrest on charges of fraud, claiming that Tumbleweed borrowed $15,000 from the bank, offering as collateral land he did not own. As our story continues today, Tumbleweed, on the advice of Clark Kent, has permitted himself to be taken to the Lost Valley Jail. In the meantime, Kent and young Jimmy Olsen are headed for the Comanche Indian Reservation, where a three-day burial ceremony is now taking place. Passing through a deep, rocky arroyo, the horses slow down to a sure-footed walk. Listen. Why are we going to the reservation, Mr. Kent? I've been waiting for you to ask that question. Evidently, your bump of curiosity isn't as big as it used to be. We're going to have a talk with poor Comanche Joe's old father, the chief. I'm going to try and convince him that his son gave Tumbleweed the ranch. What good will that do? Well, according to Indian law, the property of a deceased warrior goes to the tribe. But Comanche wasn't a warrior, Mr. Kent. He went to college and spoke perfect English. Well, every member of the tribe is a warrior. That doesn't mean he has to wear feathers and red paint. So the tribe owns Tumbleweed's ranch, is that it? Legally, yes. And you want the chief to turn it over to Tumbleweed? Yeah, it not take you long to figure that one out. Now ask me why I want the ranch turned over to Tumbleweed. Well, that's easy. Tumbleweed owns the ranch. You won't have to stay in jail. Go to the head of the class, Jimmy, and tomorrow remind me to give you a gold star. Oh, now you're making fun of me. <laughs> no, not at all. See, why does your pony sneeze so much? I don't know. Maybe he's got hay fever or something. Hmm. Now there's the reservation up ahead. See the campfire? Gosh, must be a big one if we can see it this far off. Pull up a minute. Whoa, soldier, whoa. That pony of yours doesn't stop sneezing. Now, listen. What am I supposed to be listening for? Don't you hear the ceremonial drums? Oh, is that what it is? I hear something else, too. It sounds like horses' hooks. Yes, you're right. Two riders. They're coming this way. Get your pony behind the stand of oak. Quick, hurry. Back, soldier. Back. All 
right. Not a sound, Jimmy. If that pony of yours sneezes... Gosh, I can't help that, Mr. King. Shh. Here they come. Oh, don't you worry, Flynn. He'll come around. That Comanche tribe's not so rich that they can afford to send down $10,000. I recognize. Great voice sounds familiar, Mr. King. It's Dan Larson. Shh. So, the old chief's eyes kind of lit up when I let him have a look at the cash. Cheney's smart, all right. Show him the cash, he says. That's what gets him here. I told Cheney we should have waited until after the ceremony. The Indians won't do business until it's all over. Well, we can wait. By this time, some of the sell. What's that? I don't know. Not like a horse blowing from behind that stand of oak. See anything? Dark. Draw your gun, Flynn. Yep. Come out from behind those trees, whoever you are. Don't move a muscle, Jimmy. I said come out from behind those trees. Give him a dose of lead, Flynn. Mr. Kent, I'm hit. Come on. Oh, Easy, Jimmy. Oh. Easy. My shoulder, it burns like a red-hot poke. I know. Just grit your teeth. Here, I'll help you off. Ow. Oh. Don't touch my arm. I'm sorry. There we are. Now, just let me cut this material away and we'll have a look at it. Does it hurt too much, Jim? No. Go ahead. Good boy. Just a little more. There. Glad you weren't hit, Mr. Kent. Tumbleweed needs you. He needs you too, Jimmy. A little thing like a bullet wound isn't going to keep you down, is it? I hope not. But I feel awful weak. Eddie? My head is... Oh. Oh, poor kid. Fainted from the shock. The wound doesn't look very serious, but... I think I'd better get him back to the ranch in a hurry. As Superman. Chances are both these horses can find their way. If not, I'll send someone to pick them up. Go home. Get home. Now to make time. In a way, I'm glad Jimmy fainted. He won't suffer. All right, boy. I'll handle you as gently as possible. There. Now we'll get you to the ranch, fix you up, and then take care of Dan Larson. Up. Up. And away. How about a little more of this eggnog, Jimmy? Oh, gosh, haven't I had enough nourishment? It's coming out of my ears. <laughs> All right. How do you feel? Like someone put me through a ringer. Mm, well, here's what did it. Oh, is that the bullet that went into my shoulder? Nothing else but. Well, let me see it. Here, wait now. Don't lose it. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. I guess I'm lucky it hit my shoulder. Oh, how'd you get it out, Mr. Kent? That's a professional secret, Jimmy. As a matter of fact, it fell out when I dressed the wound. Can I keep it to show the fellas back in Metropolis? Well, I'm through that you can. Oh, what are you going to do with it, Mr. King? Jimmy, this little piece of lead may hang our friend Abner Cheney and his right-hand man, Larson. I don't get it. Ever hear the word ballistics? Sounds familiar, but I don't know what it means. Ballistics is the science of arms and ammunition, Jimmy. The weight of bullets and the firing force of powder and things like that. Ballistics experts have proven that no two guns fire a bullet the same way. Look, you see the mark on this bullet where the lead's rubbed away? Uh-huh, like it was dug out. Exactly. The rifling inside the barrel of the gun dug it out. And every bullet fired from that gun will have the same mark. Oh, I still don't see how that's going to hang Cheney and Larson. Well, it will if Cheney and Larson were responsible for Comanche Joe's murder. And if the same gun that fired this bullet at you was used to kill Comanche Joe. But how can you find that out? By matching this bullet against those that killed Comanche. If any of them are dug out and are like this one... We've got a case. An airtight case. How come you're so sure now that Cheney and Lawson are mixed up in it? 
You remember the conversation between Larson and that man he called Slim as they were riding through the Arroyo? Well, I couldn't hear much of it. Well, I heard it all. Cheney had evidently sent Larson to the reservation to buy Tumbleweed's ranch for $10,000 cash. The chief was interested, but wouldn't talk business until after the ceremonies. Oh, that doesn't make Larson guilty or Cheney either. No, but it proves one thing. Both Larson and Cheney knew Comanche Joe was dead awfully soon after it happened. We scarcely had time to get the body to the reservation and return to Tumbleweed's ranch when Cheney paid us a visit. He knew about it then. How did he find out? I guess you're right. Yeah, we'll see. You better get some sleep. I've got a little to do. Oh, at this time of night? Uh, there's something I want to check up on. Uh, and here I am, flat on my back. What a break. Well, I'll tell you everything in the morning. Good night, Jim. Good night. Don't get into any trouble without me. I won't. Night. Night. Now, back to the Comanche Reservation. As Superman. Up! Up! And away! Streaking through the night, Superman heads back to the Indian Reservation where the body of Comanche Joe lies in state as his tribesmen do him final honor. Meanwhile, back in Lost Valley, a dim light burns in the office of Abner Cheney, president of the bank. Punched in a chair, he listens attentively as Dan Lawson reports on what happened. You'll get the ranch all right once the ceremonies are over, Cheney. When I flash that roll of bills, the old chief's eyes almost popped out of his head. Mm, I figured it that way. And that's how it worked. Now for something else. On our way back, we took the shortcut through the buzzard in Al Arroyo. Yes? Someone was hiding behind a stand of oak. We heard a horse blowing. What do you mean, hiding? I called whoever it was to come out. The horse blew again, and Flynn fired three times. Somebody got hit. We didn't wait to see who. You're too free with guns, Larson. You're a killer at heart. You've got no right to say that. I've got every right. You told me you were going to keep Comanche Joe under wraps for a few days. Why did you shoot him? He tried to get away. Slim had to stop him. Yeah. With bullets. You don't know any other way, do you? I tell you, it couldn't be helped. I knew I should never have started with you, Larson. But we're in so deep now, we might just as well be in a little deeper. We've got to get rid of Tumbleweed Jones. He's dangerous. Somehow he'll track Comanche's killing to me if it takes him ten years. He shouldn't be any trouble. There are no guns this time. I've got all arranged. Connors is guarding him down at the jail. Now, you and Leif, wearing masks, will break in, make out like you're overpowering Connors, and Shanghai, that smart Alec cowhead. And then what? There's an old horse tethered behind the bank building and a length of rope hanging on the saddle pommel. Tie Jones to the saddle so he can't get loose. You following me? Sure, sure. All right. Now, this is the important part. You know that quicksand pit in the hollow over behind the river? I know it. Lead the horse to the pit... Give him spurs and let him go. With tumbleweed rope to the saddle? Of course. You figure that's better than guns? Maybe it's not better. It's quieter. Mm -hmm. I hear the masks. Make sure nobody spots you. I'll go ahead. I don't like this job. Well, that's too bad. Don't forget, Larson, I know a little too much about you. Enough to put you away for good. I'm not forgetting. All right, then get going. I said I didn't like this job. And I said get... get... that gun up, Lawson. No, Cheney, I'm through. I'm pulling stakes and going back east. I've had enough. Put that gun up, you chicken-livered fool! I'm through, I tell you. I know what happens to everyone who mixes up with you, Cheney. I know where they end up. Shut up! You forced me into this by threatening me with something that happened years ago. If I'm a killer, you made me one. Don't come any closer, Cheney. I'm warning you. 
Gun in hand, Dan Lawson faces the towering figure of Abner Cheney, hurling defiance into the unscrupulous banker's dark face. The thieves have fallen out, and Tumbleweed's fate depends on who survives. Will it be Cheney, who plans slow death for Tumbleweed in the slimy, suffocating depths of a quicksand pit? Or will it be Lawson, who thinks only of escape from the net he can see closing around him? What will happen? Don't miss the next episode. Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, did You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky! It's a bird, it's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. As you remember, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are visiting Tumbleweed Jones on his Lost Valley Ranch, and as usual, have run into exciting adventure. The ranch, a gift to Tumbleweed from his wealthy Indian friend Comanche Joe, is producing oil. However, Abner Cheney, local banker and sole owner of the only oil pipeline to the refinery, has been trying to force Tumbleweed to use the line at exorbitant rates. In our last episode, Cheney played his ace card. Learning that Comanche Joe had failed to file a transfer of ownership on the ranch, he accused Tumbleweed of having borrowed $15,000 from his bank under false pretenses. To make certain Comanche Joe would not interfere, Cheney abducted the Indian, but Comanche tried to escape and was shot by one of Cheney's men. With his friend and benefactor dead, Tumbleweed's last hope of proving the ranch had been a gift was gone. At Clark Kent's suggestion, he submitted to arrest. With Tumbleweed in jail... Kent started for the Comanche Indian Reservation. Meanwhile, Cheney has decided to get rid of Tumbleweed. We find him now in his bank office, 
giving one of his henchmen, Dan Lawson, instructions on how to proceed. Listen. You messed things up, Lawson. The only sure way of keeping Comanche Joe's murder from being traced back is to get rid of that cowhand Jones. You've got him in jail. What more do you want? You can still talk. That's one thing about dead men. They keep their mouths shut. Now listen to me. We can't waste time. As you know, I have the sheriff deputized Chuck Connors. He's at the jail now, guarding Jones. It's all fixed for you and Lacey to break in as masked men, grab Jones, rope him to that old mare, and ride him into the quicksand pit. Lawson, are you listening to me? I don't have to listen. What do you mean? I'm pulling stakes, Cheney. I'm through. I've had a belly full of this. Oh, is that so? Yes, that's so. I came wet to start clean, and you got me mixed up in one of the dirtiest deals a man could ever dream up. This is very interesting, Lawson. Oh, I know you're smart, Cheney. I know you've been using me all along to pull your chestnuts out of the fire. That's done and finished with. I'm getting out while the getting is good. That's what you think. Don't forget I know that you're wanted back east. I know that you killed Comanche Joe. That's a lie. Lacey plugged him. You were with Lacey at the time. That makes you an accessory to the fact. All the more reasons for pulling stakes. Why, you yellow... Stand back, Cheney. A little more blood in my hands won't make a great deal of difference. Put that gun up, Dan. Don't be a fool. That's good advice, Cheney. I'm not going to be a fool any longer. From now on, you can do your own dirty work. So long. So this is the way you repay me for all that I've done for you? Sure. You set me up in a crooked business, and you fixed it, so I got mixed up in a killing. I'm sorry, Tenny. From now on, I'm saving my own hide, not yours. And don't bother sending Chuck or Lacey or anybody else after me. Like I said before, a little more but now won't matter. I'll kill the first man who tries to stop me on sight. I come Larson, interrupt that you. Chuck, you drop first, Cheney. Uh, uh, what? Did he get you? No, no. The bullet went through the sleeve of my jacket. Watch him. He don't have to be watching him. Is he? No, but he ain't got long. It's lucky you came up when you did. I, I won't forget it, Connors. What about Jones? Who's with him? Uh, Lacey. I come up to find out what was holding things. I heard Larson say how he killed the first man trying to stop him. Figured it was Michael to step in. What got into him? I don't know, but it doesn't matter now. We'll get rid of them both of them at the same time. Clean it up once and for all. And that horse carried them? I reckon so. All right, I'll give you a hand. We'll take him out through the back. Come on, grab his leg, Frank. Easy, watch that chair. Yeah. Oh, set him down. The back door is locked. Out. Open it. All right, let's go. Up with him. Uh, rope him on, Chuck. Yep. You say Lacey's at the jail? Yep. Go down there, get Jones, and bring him back here with Lacey. Okay. Now drive this hunk of crow bait into the quicksand pit with Larson and Tumbleweed aboard. That's it. Yeah. Bring a nail hold. All right. Go ahead now and get Tumbleweed Jones. I'll be right back. Take a load off my mind. Things are getting a little too hot. My one will be easy sailing. What you think, Cheney? Lawson. Figured I was finished, didn't you? Well, I'm not. Before I cash in, I'm going to fix you and good. Get up. Come on, get it, you little woo. Let's go there, Bryden. Cheney, I shall trample you. Get up. Come, get up. Come. Larson's escaping. Seriously hurt, with a bullet embedded in his back, Dan Lawson has feigned unconsciousness long enough to turn the tables on Edna Cheney. Roped to the back of the old mare destined to carry Tumbleweed and himself to death in the quicksand pit, Lawson, in a dying attempt to clear his soul of the crimes he has been forced to commit, gallops through the night in the direction of Tumbleweed's ranch. Don't fail me now, girl. 
There isn't much time. Get. Get. Meanwhile, unaware of Cheney's plan to get rid of Tumbleweed, Clark Kent, as Superman, has reached the Indian Reservation, where Comanche Joe's body lies in state under the flickering light of a huge fire. Six young braves, their bronze bodies glistening, stand guard at the beer. Softly, the Indian drums accompany the chant of the tribe's medicine man. Approaching the council ring, Superman suddenly stops short as his sharp eyes perceive an aged, bent old man drawing near the fire. That's Comanche Joe's father, Chief Running Fox. Poor old fella. This must have been a terrific blow. He should welcome an opportunity to make his son's killers pay for their crime. Shall I approach him as Superman or Kent? Hmm. Chances are he won't remember Kent, but I'm sure he hasn't forgotten the man who flies like a bird. I'll just drop down out of the sky and see what happens. Up! Up! And away! I hope I don't frighten them too much when I put in an appearance. Well, here goes. Down! Down! I have come, O Chief, to offer my hand in your moment of sorrow. Alcoa, it is man who fly like birds. I am pleased that you remember me. It is something not to forget. Speak. Men who fly like birds. The Comanche hold you great spirit who saved life many moons ago. Yes, and I have come this time to bring to justice those who have taken the life of your son. I would have words with you, O Chief. It will be as you say, men who fly like birds. Shall we draw apart from council ring? If you wish. Come with me to my tent. There we will have words. Abula! Enter, great spirit. What words do you wish with me? Look. Here is a bullet from the gun I believe was used to cause the death of your son. You mean white man killed Joe? Yes. No, this cannot be. White man loved Joe like brother. These white men, O oh chief, were given to evil. You know them, great spirit? Yes. But there is yet not proof enough. That is why I have come. This bullet was shot into the shoulder of Laughing Squirrel. You remember him? Yes. He, young pale-faced friend of my son. It is my belief that the white man who shot this bullet also shot the bullet that brought death to your son. How you know this, great spirit? I know. But first I must have one of the bullets that brought death to Joe. This cannot be. Why not? It is the only way to bring the evil ones to justice. Only of my son, ready for last journey. No hand must touch it. You wish the evil ones to go unpunished? This I do not want. Then let me secure one of the bullets. I will disturb nothing. No, it cannot be. Give here. Even now, drums beat louder, and tribe gathers to speed their brother on last journey. Give ear. Seemingly blocked in his attempt to prove that the bullet responsible for the flesh wound in young Jimmy Olsen's shoulder came from the same gun that took the life of Comanche Joe, Superman looks on as the Indian tribe gathers in a circle at the council ring for the burial ceremony. Meanwhile, back at Tumbleweed's ranch, Jimmy Olsen, asleep in the bunkhouse, is awakened by a frantic knocking on the door. 
Just a minute. I'm coming. Mr. Larson. Help me inside. Close the door. Bolt it. What happened, Mr. Larson? You're wounded. Listen. Listen. Listen to me. Where are you hurt? Never mind. It's too late. Just listen. Abner Cheney is responsible. Responsible for everything. What do you mean? Tell Kent that Cheney. Someone's coming. On horseback. Maybe it's Mr. Kent. No. No, it's Cheney and, and Connors. They trailed me. Oh, oh. Is the door latched? Yes. Don't answer. They'll kill us. Open up in there. Open up. Come on. Open up. Open up, my friend. All right, Chuck. Blast them out. Trapped in the bunkhouse with Clark Kent miles away at the Indian Reservation, Jimmy and Dan Lawson are in a tough spot. Abner Cheney knows he's fighting for his life and is willing to turn ruthless killer to save it. What will happen? Don't forget to be with us next time. Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature... Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. When Dan Larson, after refusing to take part in Abner Cheney's murderous plan to get rid of Tumbleweed Jones, was shot in the back by one of Cheney's men, he managed to escape, even though seriously wounded and tied to a horse's back. Realizing his bullet wound would probably be fatal, Lawson rode like mad for Tumbleweed's ranch to confess everything before death claimed him. But with Tumbleweed in jail, Clark Kent at the Comanche Reservation, and the hired hands asleep in the oil field bunkhouse a mile away, young Jimmy Olson was the only one to greet Lawson when he came riding in, weak from pain and loss of blood. Jimmy helped him into the house despite the wound in his own right shoulder. Pale as a ghost and sinking fast, Lawson gasped out his story. Listen. Uh, there isn't much time. I've got to talk fast. Where's Kent? Well, I don't know. He said he was going to investigate something. All right. All right, listen to me. Janie is responsible for everything. What do you mean? Tell Kent 
Cheney. Someone's riding in on horseback. Maybe it's Mr. Kent. No. No, it's Cheney and Connors. They trailed me. Oh, oh. Is the door locked? Yes. Don't answer. Don't answer. They'll kill us. Open up in there. Robert. Don't answer. Open up right there. All right, Chuck. Blast them out. Get down on the floor. Close the lock out, Chuck. Kid, kid, where are you? Right here. Climb out the window. Hurry. Find Kent. Tell him Cheney killed Comanche. Tell him to get Tumbleweed out of jail. Hurry. I'm going. Hurry, kid. I'm out. Good luck, kid. Bye, Mr. Larson. How long is it take to load that gun? Be loaded. I'll blow the lock. Okay, that's it. Stand back while I get the door open. Bobby, got you covered. Don't try anything, whoever's in there. It's only me, Teddy. I can't hurt you now. Why, you dirty little rat. That... Thought you double-crossed me. Why, I'm a good mind. And... Oh, no, why waste ammunition? You got the mark of death on you anyway. You're right, Cheney. But so have you. I put it there. They know who killed Comanche. They know. That's all for him. Where's Lacey? Holding the horse. Get Larson's body out of here. We'll carry it back and dump it in the pit with Jones. You heard what he said before he went. What? About them knowing we done Comanche in. Who do you reckon he told? No one. That was just talk. I don't know. I'm Easterner's bunk here. Getting the boy. Chuck! Who's that? Lacey. What you want, Lacey? Aubrey just rode out of the corral. Heading east like mad. You hear that? Yes. Ain't nothing east but the Comanche Reservation. Reckon that rider might be Kent fixing to tell them engines who put lead into Comanche Jewel. I doubt it, but let's not take any chances. Go after him. Lacey and I will take care of the other thing. I'll get going. If it's Kent? No matter who it is, you know what to do. Yep. Oh, boy. Easy. You say you rode east, Lacey? Dead east. Meet us back in town with my office. Yep. Hit, boy. Hit. Lashing the sharp rowels of his spurs into his horse's flanks, Chuck Connors rides into the darkness. Reaching down, he frees a rifle from its saddle holster and lays it across the saddle, the stubby index finger of his right hand toying with a smooth, cold trigger. A mile ahead, riding bareback on the pinto pony given him by Tumbleweed Jones, Jimmy Olsen leans low over his mount's sleek neck as tiny hoofs beat a rhythmic tattoo on the hard-packed mesa. Come on, soldier. We've got to make it. It's only five miles to the reservation. Come on. Faster, boy. Faster. What's that? Good grief, soldier. Someone's after us. Shooting at us with a rifle. Go, boy. Go. Don't stumble now, soldier. Please don't stumble. Everything depends on you. Please. Meanwhile, at the Indian reservation, Clark Kent, in his true role of Superman, pleads in vain with Comanche Joe's father, Chief Running Fox as the burial drums and the chanting of the tribe's medicine man mingle in the background. It is the only way to bring the evil ones to justice, O Chief. This bullet I hold in my hand. I know the gun from which it came. If the bullets which brought death to your son are the same, the evil ones will pay. Now, why do you refuse me this little I ask? I have told you, man who fly like birds, body ready for last journey. No one must lay a hand on it. You wish to see justice done, do you not? 
You speak truth. Then why do you make it impossible for me to help you? All I ask is one of the bullets that brought death. Just one. You have come among us as great spirit. You have done good. You are a man who fly like birds. But no hand must touch body of departed or soul does not rest easy. I have said it. Now I must go. You call for me to mourn. Think well of my tribe. Akua. Well, that's that. I'll have to find some other way of rounding up Cheney and his killers. Right now, I think I'd better get back to the ranch. Chances are Jimmy isn't asleep and is wondering what happened to him. Up! Up! And away! Steady. Not much further to go. The light up ahead is the Comanche campfire. We'll make it. Shots are getting close. Too close. Come on, soldier. Give it all you've got. All you've got. Ears laid back and eyes straining through the darkness, the gallant little pony drives on, unaware that danger lurks ahead. Danger in the form of a gopher hole dug deep into the mesa. Suddenly, the pony's right foreleg sinks deep. A scream of animal pain. And Jimmy, losing his grip on the bare back, pitches forward over the pony's lowered head. Strikes the hard-packed ground with his injured shoulder. And in the black agony that follows, loses consciousness. Then, the thunder of hoofbeats draws near. Oh, boy. Oh. I figured a gopher hole stopping if lead didn't. Now, let's see where the hombre is. Well, I'll be a horn never it's a kid. Looks like he done broke his neck. Ah, uh, just knocked himself out. Well, Cheney gave me orders. Breaking a gut to finish him. Here goes. Cocking his rifle, Connors raises it to his shoulder and aims it at the still form huddled on the ground. His finger curls on the trigger, presses, but even as the steel-jacketed bullet leaps from the barrel, a red-caped figure streaks from the dark heavens with the speed of light, catches the whining slug a split second before it finds its mark. I'm seizing. You'll be seeing stars, Connors, unless you drop that rifle. No, it can't be. I'm going local. I said drop that rifle. Keep off or I'll drill you. Keep off, you hear me? You're just wasting bullets, Connors. Drop that rifle or I'll wrap it around your neck. All right, you asked for it. I warned you, Connors. Now, watch me twist this rifle into a pretzel. Watch. There. You're right. It's superhuman. I can do the same thing to you. Tie you into a knot. No. I I ain't done nothing. I swear I... You shot Comanche Joe in cold blood. No. Please, he done that. Who gave the order to kidnap Comanche? Abner Cheney. We didn't mean old Comanche no harm. And yet you shot him down. Not me. It was Lacey. Quick on the trigger. He shouldn't have done it. You were a little too quick on the trigger a moment ago. If I hadn't stepped in, that youngster would be dead now. I didn't know it was him. I swear I didn't. You don't know the meaning of the word truth, Connors. But you'll pay for everything you've done. You and Cheney and the rest of your gang. I ain't paying for nothing. I don't know who you are, but you talk like any other hombre. You fooled me the first time, but I ain't being getting fooled again. I'm going to blow you clean full of daylight. You'll be sorry, Connors. You saw what happened to that rifle, didn't you? This time I'll break more than that revolver in your hand. Now drop it. Well, I see you can't be trusted with guns. Sweet dreams, Connor. Yeah. I should have done that a long time ago. Soldier. Uh-oh. 
soldier. Jimmy. Jimmy's coming, too. Well, I'd better change the clock, Kent. Go, boy. Go. Easy, Jim. Easy now. Everything's all right. Someone was shooting. Soldier tripped. Where were you headed, Jimmy? The reservation. Mr. Kent, it's you. Yes, Jim, it is. I was going for help. Tumbleweed needs help. Tumbleweed? Yes. Lawson said to get him out of jail quickly. Jimmy, try and think clearly. What happened? Lawson came to the ranch. He was wounded. Yes? He said to tell you Tumbleweed was in danger. What? Jim, you feel strong enough to ride? How can I? The soldier broke his leg. Where is he? He's over there, resting on his side. We'll take care of him later. I've got another horse here. I'll lift you into the saddle. Now, you get to the ranch, wake the boys up, and tell them to watch things until I return. Well, where are you going? To see what's wrong at the jail. Here, come on now. Put your arm around my neck. Atta boy. Easy. There you go. All right now, up into the saddle. Now, are you sure you can ride? I think so. Okay, Jim. I'll see you soon. Get, boy. Get. Tumbleweed in trouble. Superman will fix that. I'll take our friend Connors with me. There we are. Up. Up. And away. Will Superman be too late to save his cowboy friend from death in the quicksand pit? At this very moment, Abner Cheney and his hired killer are nearing the deadly pit with tumbleweed roped to the back of a horse. Every minute counts now, so don't forget to be with us for the next episode. Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visit from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth. And justice. And now to our story. When Jimmy Olsen mounted his pony soldier and started for the Comanche Indian Reservation to get help, Chuck Connors, one of Abner Cheney's henchmen, rode after him. A mile from the reservation, the pony stepped into a gopher hole. Jimmy was thrown on his injured shoulder and fainted. Connors, riding up, drew a bead on the unconscious figure with his rifle and pulled the trigger. Suddenly, there was a burst of wind, and Superman, returning from the reservation, winged out of the sky and turned the bullet aside an instant before it reached its mark. From Jimmy, Kent learned that Tumbleweed was in trouble. Sending Jimmy back to the ranch on Chuck Connor's horse, Kent, again making use of his amazing powers of flight, lifted Connor's in his arms and started for the town of Lost Valley. Listen. Tumbleweed in trouble. What can that mean? I'd never forgive myself if anything should happen to him. Well, I'll find out soon enough. Faster! Faster! But even as Superman streaks for the tiny cluster of lights that mark the booming oil town, 
three horses are moving slowly across the dark mesa. One of them, a tired, broken-down mare, carries the corpse of Dan Lawson, the bound figure of Tumbleweed Jones. The others are ridden by Abner Cheney and his light-fingered gunman, Lacey. Approaching the rock-strewn bed of a dry stream, Cheney draws rein. Oh, boy. Hold up a minute, Lacey. Oh, boy. No use my trailing along any further, Lacey. I'll ride back into town. The pit's just up ahead. You know what to do. That candlelight company. Company? What for? Well, I reckon he figures dumping a feller in a quicksand pit won't some work. Ain't that it, Lacey? Quiet or I'll cut this whip across your mouth. Not if my hands wasn't tied, Mr. Taney. No, sir. Get going, Lacey. I'll meet you back in town. Get up. Well, it looks like he kind of pulled stakes on us, don't it, Lacey? Figure he got cold feet? I ain't paid to do no figuring. I reckon not. Killing's your specialty, ain't it? From what I hear, you got an awful easy trigger finger. It'll string you up one of these days. You're trying to get me rattled, Tumbleweed. You're showing the wrong plug. Come on, I ain't got time for no palaver. Your paw was a right decent hombre, Lacey. I reckon it'd kind of trouble him if he knew how his boy's carrying on. Funny how some folks will shy clear of the straight and narrow, preferring to take a twisted trail. When as any hombre knows who ain't lacking a brain, the straight and narrow is the short way. That's on the books. Right down in black and white. You ever come across it, Lacey? No, and I ain't aiming to, neither. Whoa, up there. Well, I reckon this is as far as we go. That's old quicksand pit up ahead, ain't it, Lacey? You got eyes in your head. Yeah, but I can't hardly believe it. What are you talking about? It ain't old Bill Kendrick's boy Lacey a-riding with me. If it was, he wouldn't be setting where he is now, fixing to take another hombre's life. That kind of talk don't mean nothing to me. I'm getting paid to do a job. Gonna get done, talk or no talk. Get around there, you flea bitch. Hold on a minute, Lacey. You gotta give me a chance to pray. When is praying something you do regular? Getting dropped into quicksand pits ain't exactly regular, Lacey. I figure it calls for something special. All right, go ahead, but make it fast. Take my hat off, Lacey, if you don't mind. Much black. Now, let's see. I reckon there ain't no need of praying for myself. That's what I figured. Hold on, Lacey. I ain't through. Well, get going. Well, now, let's see. Mr. Lord, I'm a-setting out here on a spavin' old mayor. Getting ready to pull stakes for good. Lacey Kendrick's sitting here with me. I reckon he ain't feeling so chipper. I reckon he'd leave get his hands washed to this business. Now, I don't want you to be too hard on Lacey, Mr. Lord. His paw and me was good friends. And many's the time we busted steers out of the same herd. In still and broken quiet of the maze of darkness, Tumbleweed offers up a holy prayer for Lacey Kendricks. A prayer that asks forgiveness in the face of death. Meanwhile, back at Lost Valley, Superman has searched every cell in the small town jail without finding a trace of tumbleweed. Frantically, he tries to awaken Chuck Connors from his state of unconsciousness. Connors. Wake up, Connors. Mm. I must have hit him harder than I intended to. Been out for 20 minutes. Connors. Mm. Up on your feet. Come on. Mm. Now open your eyes. Mm. Connors, where's tumbleweed? Mm. Connors, stand up. 
Where's Tumbleweed? What business is it of you? What? Cheney. I don't think we've met before. I don't seem to recall that fancy dress costume. We've met, Cheney, under slightly different circumstances. May I suggest that you get rid of that gun in your hand? It's about as much use to you as a matchstick. <laughs> Pretty sure of yourself, aren't you? Who are you? What are you doing here? I'll ask the questions. Where's Tumbleweed Jones? How should I know? I'll give you five seconds to remember. Don't make me laugh. Your time is up. Stand back, you fool. Or oh, you'll what, Mr. Cheney? Killing me. Breaking my back. Where's Tumbleweed? I, I, I don't know. Oh. You'd better talk, Cheney. Your back isn't made of rubber. It's going to snap soon. All right, I'll, I'll talk. Stop. Stop. Go ahead. You're too lady. He fell into a quicksand pit. Where? Where, I said. No, don't. Behind Buzzard's nose. Maybe you think I'm too late, but you might be surprised. Come on, you and this specimen on the floor are going into a cell until I get back. There. In you go. That should hold you. Too late, am I? No, no, I can't be. The quicksand pit behind Buzzard's knoll. Up! Up! And away! Please tell me how Superman pulled you out of the quicksand pit tumbleweed. Shucks, Jim. I told you six times if I told you once. Oh, I know, but I like to hear about it. Jimmy, enough is enough. <laughs> well, once more. And that's quit. All right, Jim? Okay. Well, I was just sitting there, praying a mic for Lacey, when all of a sudden, something hit him like a bolt out of the sky. Horse reared up, but his whip come down hard on the rump of the mare I was roped to, almost like he had to get it over with. Well, the mare bolted and headed for the pit. I tried to knee her over, but she kept on a-going. Right into the pit. All I could feel was that quicksand sucking down over me. I figured it was the end. When suddenly, like, something grabbed a hold of me and lifted me and the mare clean out of that muck. It was Superman. Yep. Oh, gosh. Someday I'd like to know who he really is and how he happens to be so strong. Well, maybe someday you will, Jimmy. Whoa, whoa, Nancy. Whoa. Well, here's my archery range. And let the horses graze free while I give you a lesson in how to draw a bow. I can't shoot with this bad shoulder. Well, you can uh, pick up the rudiments, Jim. Now, that there first target is set at 30 yards. Watch while I hit that bullseye. Plumb in the middle. Wait. Speaking of Jim. Look, two riders coming this way. Isn't one of them Chuck Connors? Gosh, he'll... Settle down, Jim. But tumble with Jimmy's right. It's Connors and Lacey. It sure is. Hiya, Chuck. Hi, Lacey. There. We're heading to the ranch, Tumbleweed. Sure is powerful decent of you to fix things. We ain't never gonna forget it, Tumbleweed. Uh, get along now, both of you. Wasting time and my money. Yes. He's here. What's the meaning of this, Tumbleweed? Meaning? Yes, meaning. Where are they going? Well, back to work on the ranch. You see, I figured after Cheney got them kind of twisted. They're good boys, both on them, so now that Cheney's put away, I figure they ain't no use trampling on Chuck and Lacey. So I up and hired them. Of course, I had to guarantee the sheriff they ain't gonna get into no more mischief. Now, now, watch me shoot this arrow. Bullseye. Mind uh, fetching that arrow, Mr. Kent? No, not at all. And now, look here, Jim. You see this big bow? Uh-huh. Fella made it up back home a few years ago. And no man's ever been able to draw it. We're going to give it to Mr. Kent for a joke. What do you say? Oh, sure. Here he comes. That was a bullseye, all right. Why, much blind. Now it's uh, your turn, Mr. Kent. Oh. Yeah, try this bow. It's more your size. All right. Now, what do I do? 
Well, what are you giggling about, young man? Oh, uh, nothing. Uh, here you are, Mr. Kent. Now, uh, knock your arrow. Yeah. What? Oh, uh, that means fit your arrow to the string. Oh. Set your legs this way and draw. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> Will you stop giggling? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mr. Kent. Draw. Okay. Gosh, he's bending me. Shoot me for a coil. Go ahead, Mr. Kent. Let her fly. Missed the target, but not by much. I'll get the arrow. Well, Jim and me tried to pull a joke on you, Mr. Kent. No man's ever been able to draw that there bow. You've got a powerful arm. Mr. Kent, come the week. What is it, Jimmy? Come here, hurry. Now, what do you suppose is ailing him now? Oh, probably nothing. Look, look what I found. What is it? A hand-beaten silver arrow. The arrow you shot landed in this gopher hole, Mr. Kent. And when I stuck my hand in to get it, I found that. There's a date on it and some writing. Let me see. 1855. Well, what's the writing, Mr. Ken? Hard to make out. I shot this arrow into the air. Twill fall to earth I know not where. Well, that's taken from a poem, isn't it? Yes, one of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poems. Nothing else on it? Yeah, the two more lines. Now, wait, let's see. If he who finds this has no fear, he'll search the stream neath the galloping steer. Well, it looks like Jimmy has stumbled on something very interesting. To whom does the silver arrow belong? And what is the meaning of the mysterious verse engraved on it? You can be sure Clark Kent, Jimmy, and Tumbleweed are going to make every effort to find out. So don't miss a single thrilling episode. Tune in and follow the story with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. 
Superman who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, brace a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. With the guilt for the murder of Comanche Joe definitely pinned on Cheney and Lawson, and his own trouble straightened out, Tumbleweed Jones relaxes and becomes his old self. The easygoing, lovable cowhand that Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen had become so fond of on their last trip to the West. To amuse Jimmy, Tumbleweed took them out to his archery range to teach them the art of shooting a bow and arrow. Kent, much to Tumbleweed's amazement, shot a long bow no man had yet been able to draw. But the arrow missed the target and buried itself deep in a gopher hole under a jutting rock. When Jimmy ran to retrieve it, he found something else in the hole. A silver arrow, beaten by hand from a flat piece of precious metal, and on which was engraved a puzzling verse. Listen. Jimmy, please show me exactly where you found this silver arrow, will you? Right here, Mr. Kent. When I stooped down to pull the arrow out of this hole, my hand touched something cold. Was it lying loose right in the hole? No, it was kind of half under that rock. Uh-huh. I reckon that gopher must have uncovered it a mite when he dug himself in there. Gosh, how long do you suppose it's been there? I don't know. Stated 1855. No, wait a minute. 1885. That's almost 60 years ago. Well, that's about the time silver mining was whooping things up around these here parts. <laughs> they tell stories about them times that it raised hair on a bald eagle. They read that to me again, Mr. Kent. Must mean something. All right. I shot this arrow into the air. T'will fall to earth I know not where. If he who finds it has no fear, he'll search the stream neath the galloping steer. Now, what do you think the galloping steer is? That's what makes the riddle, Jimmy. Is there anything around here known as the galloping steer, Tumbleweed? Well, let's see. Galloping steer. Uh, galloping steer. No, no, I, I don't recollect nothing by that handle. Oh, maybe it's a place where they drive cattle. No good cattleman gallops his steers, Jim. It makes him scrawny. Well, think hard, Tumbleweed. Do you remember ever hearing about an, an old inn or tavern in this part of the country known as the galloping steer? No. No, not in my recollection. Boy, this sure is a riddle. Search the stream neath the galloping steer. Hmm. Well, maybe we'd better start with the stream. That seems to be the key to the puzzle. Oh, look, Mr. Kent. No? Back home, Jackie Kelk. He's that skinny kid I pal around with. Well, we cooked up a kind of a secret code using a bunch of words and giving them different meanings. Maybe that's what this is, code. No, I don't think so, Jimmy. What, for instance, would galloping steer mean in your code? Oh, now, let me think. Galloping steer. Tumbleweed, are hamburgers made out of steer meat? Why, sure, Jim. Best in Jeveret. Well, that's it, then. To Jackie and me, galloping steer would mean hamburgers. Hamburgers? <laughs> Jimmy, how do you make that out? It's way over my head. Why, it's simple. Steer meat, as Tumbleweed said, is what hamburgers are made of. And when you eat too many of them, you get a galloping bellyache. <laughs> Boy, you and Jackie better patent that coat, Jim. <laughs> uh, say, it just occurred to me, Tumbleweed, isn't there an old native around here who might know something about a place called a galloping steer that existed in the 1800s? The knows there is, Mr. Kent. Unless it might be Hopeful Jake. Folks out this way just cause him hopeful, but... He's been around these parts a long time. Well, maybe he's the one to see. Well, why do they call him Hopeful Jake, Tumbleweed? Well, I reckon it's account of he's been panning for gold in Red Pebble Creek for nigh on to 45 years. Ain't nobody never found no gold in these parts, but Hopeful, he keeps right on panning and hoping. Well, can we have a talk with him? Don't see why not. We'll ride over to Red Pebble. He'll be there. 
Don't mind that sore shoulder, Jim, getting into the saddle. Oh, be careful. Everybody all set? I'm ready. Okay, follow me. Yeah, boy. Yep. I don't recollect no place around this galloping to stay here. Ain't never been such a place around here. Well, do you remember any... Hey, what'd you say? You gotta yell at him, Mr. Kent. He don't hear nothing unless he ain't supposed to hear. Now, that ain't right, Tumbleweed. You know it. Uh, what was it you was gonna ask me, partner? I just wondered if you knew of any landmark, a uh, rock formation, or cliff, or anything that might have been called galloping steer. Nope, nope, I don't. Uh, what you want to know for? Well, we found a silver arrow. Just a minute, Jimmy. Did you say silver arrow, yearling? Why, yes, yes. Do you know anything about a silver arrow? Let me see it. We are just letting you see it, hopeful. Now keep it. Quiet your tongue, Tumbleweed. Don't you know no better respect for your elders? No. Where is this silver arrow? Here it is. You know anything about it? Yep. Yep. That's genuine. Nobody else could have made it like that. What's it on about, hopeful? Partners, this here silver air was made by the hand of one of the greatest and finest men ever to draw breath. What was his name? Yeah, no Homber living ever knew. Folks called him the Silver Air. Gosh, a Western desperado, I'll bet. No, no, he weren't none of that. He was a plague to bad men. A guardian of law and order. Do you know him, Hopeful? Nope, I told you nobody never knew him. Nobody never learned who he was. But he saved my life once, he did. Could you tell us something about him? Well, all I can tell you is what I recollect about my own experience. That was about 50 years ago when I was a young'un. I was manager of the stagecoach office up to Hangman's Gulch when it was a booming with silver mining, when nobody ever dreamed it would turn into a ghost town like it is today. You say it's a ghost town? Yeah, yeah. Plum deserted. Everybody pulled stakes once the silver vein petered down to nothing. Well, one night I... I was counting my day's receipts and making ready some silver shippings going east when the door opened. Rich, what is Sky, hombre? Why, who? What do you want? Never mind the parap. Rich, pronto. You're wasting your time. I ain't got much air. We'll see you once I get rid of your guns. All right. Hand over them cartwheels. There ain't much. Only about $100. Quick. Hand them over. The pouches, too. I can't give you them pouches. They don't belong to me. That's silver going east. And them over. Well, here they are. Yeah. Now, being smart fella, stay where you are. Don't move a muscle. For five minutes, you get plugged full of lead. And if I'll let you get away with it, stay where you are, I shoot. Shooting behind. I'm a coming. Well, I'll be a local steer. What made him keel over? Dead. Deader than the doorknob. A silver air in his back. Sure as I'm a sitting here. Yep. There was his silver air sticking right out of his back. That was his mark, and there was no mistaking I'm here to tell you. If the silver air hadn't got him just then, 
That bandit's bullets would have finished me, sure. Oh, did he always return loot taken from bandits he killed? Nope. Nope. He, he built up a tremendous fortune from robbing the rich bandits. But he used a lot of it to help the poor. Gosh. Sort of a Western Robin Hood. Oh, Hopeful, uh, did you say that happened over a dead man's gulch? Yep. Yep. That's where it was. Well, why don't we go over and have a look around there? Oh, can we? I'd like to see a ghost town. Nothing much to see, Jim. Uh, you better not go near Dead Man's Gulch. Why do you say that, Hopeful? Oh, change healthy. Prowling around ghost towns. Oh, sir, let them lay. Change healthy. The chances are we wouldn't find nothing. Well, you can't tell. Let's go, Mr. Kent. Yeah, I think we will. I'm just as curious as Jim to have a look at a deserted western mining town. Uh, partner, I'm a warning you. Don't you go there. Give up a searching for the silver air's meaning. Won't lead to no good. I know, and I'm a warning you. Have you told us all you know? Can't tell you no more. I'm just a warning you to stay away from Dead Man's Gulf. Ghost towns ain't healthy. Shall we leave, Tumbleweed? Uh, much obliged for the information, Hopeful. Drop around to my ranch sometime. Now, look here, Tumbleweed. Steer clear of Dead Man's Gulch. It ain't healthy. Don't you worry about us. We're not afraid of ghost towns, are we, Jimmy? Well, of course not. Let's go. Okay. He's seeing you, hopeful. Steady, boy. Steady. Yeah, I warned you, Tumbleweed. Ready, Mr. Kent, uh-huh. Jimmy? All set. Get up, boy. Get up. Come on. Yonder's a saloon and dance hall. This was a pretty wild town in this day. It isn't wild anymore. Nothing but cobwebs and dust. Gives me the creeps. Well, let's dismount and have a look around. Oh, there. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, oh. See anything resembling a galloping steer, Jimmy? All I see are a lot of tumble-down shacks. <laughs> no self-respecting steer galloping or not would be found dead in this place. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Reckon he is. Just looking at all this dust makes me thirsty. I don't suppose there's any water in this ghost town, is there, Tumbleweed? I recollect seeing a spring the other side of the sheriff's office. Oh, I'll take a look. Meet us in back, Jimmy. Okay. Well, Tumbleweed, where do we start? I don't know, Mr. Kent. That there Silverara hombre left something hidden in this town. It's, it's going to take a heap of looking to find it. Uh, supposing we go... Uh... What was that? I don't know. Come from over where Jimmy went. It sounded like a human voice. Follow me, Tumbleweed. Was it Jimmy whose shrill scream suddenly broke the death-like silence of Dead Man's Gulch? Or is the ghost town inhabited? Mystery and adventure loom ahead, so don't fail to tune in on the next episode. Follow the story with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh-huh. It's the Loop Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Can you box? What's with kids today, huh?
Wowzers! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are packs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky! It's a bird, it's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. Ignoring the warning of the old prospector, Hopeful Jake, to steer clear of Dead Man's Gulch, a deserted ghost town, Kent, Tumbleweed, and Jimmy went there in search of a clue to the puzzling verse engraved on an old silver arrow Jimmy had found. Hopeful Jake had told them of a legendary Western Robin Hood known only as the Silver Arrow, who hunted down bandits and shot silver arrows into their backs. At Dead Man's Gulch, Jimmy went to look for water. Suddenly, a piercing scream broke the death-like silence of the ghost town. Kent and Tumbleweed raced to Jimmy's rescue, only to find him pale and transfixed. He had seen a figure darting between the dust-laden skeletons of the town shack. When he called out, it stopped for a moment, screamed, and vanished into the shadows. A thorough search of the deserted shacks revealed no sign of man or beast. Puzzled, Kent and Tumbleweed rested for a moment on the steps of what had once been the sheriff's office. Listen. You say you saw whatever screamed, Jimmy? What did it look like? Oh, I couldn't tell. The sun was in my eyes. It was just a blur. Might have been a coyote. No coyote ever screamed like that. It was a human voice. Jimmy, are you sure you didn't scream? Me? How could I? My tongue was stuck to the roof of my mouth. That's where it is now. If I don't get some water soon, I don't know what I'll do. And Tumbleweed found a stream back of this sheriff's office. Come on, we can all stand a drink. I've never been so thirsty in all my life. Hey, take it easy, Jim boy. Don't gulp it down unless you're looking for a bellyache. There's the stream. Oh, boy, lead me to it. Don't drink fast, Jimmy. Oh, is that good? Well, you rest a while. Go ahead, Tumbleweed. Yeah, nice, clear water. Can I have a little more, Mr. Kent? Well, just a little. Okay. All right, now that's enough. Ah, I feel like a new person. There's nothing like... Mr. Kent. Oh, great Scott, what's the matter? You scared me out of a year's growth. Look at this rock at the edge of the stream. Look at the top of it. What in town, Nation? Top is carved in the shape of a galloping steer. Jimmy, you're right. Well, I'll be hog-tied and sewn. You reckon that's the galloping steer that Silver Arrow wrote about in his poem, Miss Kent? Could very well be. The verse said, search in the stream neath the galloping steer. Well, this is the stream and there's the galloping steer. Yep, that's correct. And maybe the answer to the puzzle is under this rock. Well, we'll see in just a minute. I'll lift it. Well, hold on a minute, Miss Kent. You better let me give you a hand. That rock looks might heavy for one armor. Oh, no, I can... Oh, <laughs> all right, Tumbleweed, thanks. Grab a hold of that end. I'll take it here. Okay. I got it. All right. Now stand back, Jimmy. 
right, now heave. There we go. Yeah, she's over. Yes, and look what's under it. Another silver arrow. Just like the first one. Well, I'll be dogged. Is there writing on this one, too? Wait till I wipe the tarnish off. Is that Mr. Kent? Wait a minute. Gosh, there are more goose pimples. There. That's seen it. Yes, there is. Yes, sir, there's another verse on this one. And it's even more puzzling than the other. Boy, oh boy, this is getting exciting. What does it say? It says, In a cave by the hill where rest the dead, you'll find my mate in the seventh head. Oh, that's a rip snorter. We ain't never going to be able to figure that one out. Gosh. In the cave where rest the dead. Where would that be? Yeah, I haven't the faintest idea, Jimmy. But it's got to be around here someplace. Let's try to figure this thing out step by step. Here. Well, how can you do that? Hmm? This cotton poem don't even make no sense. Now, wait, Tumbleweed. Wait, it's, it's got to make sense. Now, think hard. You know of any place in this vicinity that might fit the description? Mr. Kent, I was pulled, raised, and saddle-busted beneath your parts. And I ain't never heard of no graveyard staked out in a cave. Well, I tell you, that poem is like a polecat drug across a trail to throw you off the scent. Gosh, I hope not. No, I'm certain this message means something. Let's see now. In a cave by the hill where I rest the dead. Uh, Tumbleweed, do you know of any place around here that might be called a cave in which anybody has ever found bones? I mean, not necessarily human bones, any kind. You mean bones of animals? Yes, even coyotes or buzzards, any kind. Let me think now. Sure, I reckon I do know about some bones. Uh, buffalo bones. Well, where are they, Tumbleweed? Are they in a cave? Come to think of it, they was found in a cave over by them hills yonder. You mean right there in back of the town, where the silver was mined? Yep. I could shoot an arrow right smack dab into it from here. Tumbleweed, how did those buffalo bones get into the cave? Well, the story goes that a big herd of buffalo run into the cave to get out of a blizzard that last across this country once about a uh, hundred years ago. What happened to them? Was the cave sealed by the storm? Might just as well have been. That storm blew and blew for nigh on to a whole month. When it was all over, them buffalo had died a lack of fodder. And the bones were never taken out? Nope. I reckon nobody had no use for them in the first place. And then uh, it was talk that kept folks away. that uh, appeared to go in there. They still are, for a fact. What kind of talk? Well, I, I don't rightly know, Mr. Kent. I, I didn't put no stock in them stories. Uh, something about queer sounds that used to come out of there. Queer sounds? What sort of sounds? Like as if somebody was uh, moving around in there. Uh, some folks said is how they heard poundings, like a man was beating out horseshoes. Golly, do you think... I think it's a lot of nonsense. Just stories made up by local pranksters. Perhaps by somebody who had a reason for keeping people out of there. Well, maybe so. I reckon you're right. Anyhow, I think we ought to be hitting a trail for the ranch if we want to make it for sundown. Shadows are beginning to get a mite longer now. Let's just walk over and look. If we find the arrow mentioned in this verse, we'll take it along and puzzle it out at home. If we don't, well, there's nothing lost, and we'll come back out here tomorrow morning to take up where we left off. Sure, let's do that, Tumbleweed. Well, I don't know. You're not scared, are you, Tumbleweed? Oh, now, Jim, you know better than to say old Tumbleweed's afraid of anything. That is, <laughs> leastwise, not while I have my bow and arrows with me. Oh, I was just fooling honest. Of course he was, Tumbleweed. You know that. Well, come on. It's getting dark. Okay. We won't stay any longer than it takes to find out if it's the right case. And pick up the arrow, mate. Huh? Let's mosey, then. As Ken Tumbleweed and Jimmy start for the cave, a pair of beady eyes watches their progress closely. Hiding in the ever-lengthening shadows that mark the gathering dusk, a figure darts from one deserted, broken-down building to another, keeping close behind the two men and their young companion. Beyond the edge of the town, the figure moves from sagebush to rock, 
taking advantage of any cover. As the three approached the mouth of the cave, Jimmy stopped short. I tell you, Mr. Kent, I feel like somebody's following us. Oh, nonsense, Jimmy. Well, just because this here is called a ghost town, Jim, ain't no reason for you to get them kind of feelings. It's only called that because ain't nobody lives here in these buildings. Ain't been nobody here for nigh on to 40 years. I know that, and honest, I don't feel creepy or scared, but since I heard that scream... Of course, I understand. Now let's read the message on this second hour before we go into the cave so we know what we're looking for. I know. You'll find my mate in the seventh head. The mate to that arrow. That's right, Jimmy. You've got a good memory. Lucky he has, because it's getting too dark for reading now, and he's got us no flashlight. So let's get this over Prano and get on back to the ranch for some chow. Well, we'll be on our way soon. Come on, let's go in. Dark as pitch in here. I sure could use a flashlight now. Yes, I could. Here, wait. I'll strike a match. There. Mr. Kent, look back there. Hmm? Those eyes. Oh, it's an animal of some kind. Wait till I put an arrow to my bow. Coming closer. Hold it, Tumbleweed. Don't shoot. The match has gone out. Light another one quick, Mr. Kent. Yeah. Moved up closer. Let me shoot it before it jumps. Mr. Kent. Stand back. I'm going to let fly. No, Tumbleweed. Wait a minute. What for? Why don't you let... Oh, wait. I'll show you. Here, Kitty. Kitty. Why, that must be a... Sounds like a cat. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, Jimmy. <laughs> Just a harmless kitten. Oh, gosh. Sure had me scared for a minute. Mr. Kent, that match is burning your fingers. Huh? Oh, <laughs> I must have forgotten. Here, I'll light another one. Well, there's your buffalo bones on the floor over yonder. Mm, they're scary and light. Those skulls. Yeah, it doesn't. Lined up. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's the seventh head over there. Jimmy, tumbleweed, we were right. This is the cave. The arrow there sure is. Here, duplicate of the other two. Say, Mr. Kent, it's just as dark outside as it is in here. We'd better mosey on back. Golly, I can't wait to see what this arrow says. While you're looking, you two, I'll mosey over and get the horses and Jimmy's pony. I'll take the kitten with me. Wait, tumbleweed. We'll need you to get the answer to this riddle. Well, what do you mean? Just a minute, I'll light another match and read it to you. What's it say? Here it is. Pace seven to the south, then face the east. Shoot this arrow where the sun shines least. Sounds just like one of those old-fashioned riddles. Yeah, it does. Seems easier to figure than the others. All we have to do is follow the directions and then shoot this arrow where the sun shines least. It's a cinch. The sun ain't shining no place now. You're right. Well, we have to come back and try it tomorrow. I can hardly wait. Well, you just have to wait, Jim. Look, it the use of all of us uh, walking back for the horses. You and Jim sit here and I'll go get them. Oh, that sounds good to me because I'm pretty tired. Okay, Tumbleweed. We'll accept your offer. Meanwhile, we can explore this cave a little more. My last match. You're right, babe. Oh, there goes that match. I like the last one. Mr. Kent, hmm? will you promise not to laugh at me if I tell you something? Why, certainly, Jimmy. What is it? Are you frightened? Don't be afraid to admit fear. That's the best way to lick it. No, it's not that exactly. It's just that I've still got that funny feeling. Oh, Jimmy! That sounded like totally. Come on! Mr. Kent, what's that? Jimmy, stand back! Mr. Kent, where are you? What's happened? I'm right here, Jimmy. There's a landslide. The entrance to the cave will be blocked up. Then we can't get out. We're trapped. Jimmy! Will Clark Kent be forced to reveal his true identity to Jimmy Olsen in order to save his young friend's life? What was the strange meaning of Tumbleweed's scream for help a moment before the avalanche of falling earth and rocks imprisoned Kent and Jimmy in the cave of the buffalo bones? Are these two incidents somehow tied up with a slinking figure that followed our three friends on their way to the cave? Don't miss a single episode of this thrilling story. Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, 
Tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky! It's a bird, it's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen... And now to our story. Following the mysterious trail of the Silver Arrows, Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Tumbleweed Jones entered a cave near the ghost town of Dead Man's Gulch and found the third arrow hidden in a bleached buffalo skull. Like the two they had found previously, it was engraved with a rhymed riddle. Since darkness had fallen, Tumbleweed suggested returning to the ranch and went for the horses, leaving Kent and Jimmy in the cave. A moment later, however... But wait. Listen. Listen, if you can, I tell you, I'm coming. Jimmy, that sounds like tumbleweed. Come on. Mr. Kane, what was that? Jimmy, stand back. Here, let me get away. Let me get away. Mr. Kane, what happened? Where are you? I'm right here, Jimmy. There's been a landslide. The entrance has been blocked. Blocked? Well, we can't get out. We're trapped. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Oh, golly. What are we going to do? Take it easy, Jimmy. Take it easy. We'll, we'll get out. But how can we if the entrance is blocked? And what about Tumbleweed? Why did he yell for help? Now wait, one thing at a time, Jimmy. That cry of Tumbleweed's may have just been a warning to us. I wish I was sure of that. No. Wishing isn't enough. We've got to find out. Let's see. You stay right where you are, Jimmy. Mr. Kane, where are you going? I'm just going up ahead to have a look at the entrance. Well, can I go with you? No, you might bump your sore shoulder in the dark. You stay right there. I'll be within earshot. Okay, but please keep on talking to me. It's so dark in here. There's buffalo bones around me. All right, Jim. This is a job for Superman. And that puts me in a spot. What'd you say, Mr. Kane? Uh, nothing, Jimmy. I was just mumbling to myself. Oh. What does it look like up there, Mr. Kent? I'll have to fool Jimmy and make it look easy. Why, not too bad, Jim. What do you mean? Well, there are a couple of small rocks here. I think I can move. You mean you can make an opening big enough for us to get through? I think so, Jimmy. You just sit tight now. Well, here goes. As Superman, get this boulder first. <sighs> sure you don't want me to help you? No, oh, sir. You stay where you are. Okay. There. Now these. Something must have happened out there to make Tumbleweed yell for help, but we did. Uh, not 
much more to go now. Got to make it fast. Just a few more of these big rocks. There we are. Through. Mr. Kent, uh, I just felt a rush of cold air. That's right, Jimmy. There's an opening now. We can get through. Come on. But be careful. How did you do it? Well, it wasn't too difficult. Never mind that. We've got to find out what's happened to Tumbleweed. I right, get down low. Don't scramble through. Okay. Easy. There you go. I'm out. Good. Here I come. There we are. Golly. What do you suppose has happened to him? I don't know, Jimmy. Tumbleweed! Tumbleweed! Oh, is that? Just an echo. Let's go up to where we left the horses. Mr. Kent, could someone be living in Dead Man's Gulch? Well, Tumbleweed said it's deserted. So did Hopeful Jake, that old prospector. Yes, I know, but I wonder. Why? Well, too many queer things have been happening. That scream I heard, and then Tumbleweed's cry for help, and Jimmy. then... Wait. What is it? Shh, quiet. Thought I heard something. Wait a minute. No. No, it was just the wind. What were you saying, Jim? Oh. Well, I was saying that queer things have been happening. Well, I know this is supposed to be a ghost town, but Oh, we'll find Tumbleweed. Don't you worry. Look. What? Over there to the right. Where? Mr. Kent, isn't that a big hole in the ground? Why, yeah. It looks like it might be the opening to a mine shaft. Let's have a look, Jim. Yep, that's what it is, all right. Yes, and I'll bet you were thinking the same thing I was. I guess so, Jimmy. But Tumbleweed's not down there. Well, try shouting for him again, Mr. Kent. Okay. Tumbleweed! Tumbleweed! Not even an echo this time. No. Tumbleweed! Tumbleweed! Gosh, what can we do now? Well, there's only one thing to do. Search those broken-down shacks up ahead there. How about you? Do you feel like running? Sure, let's go. Okay. Well, here we are at the sheriff's office. You keep your eyes and ears open, Jimmy. I don't mind telling you, Mr. Kent. I'm plenty worried. Yeah. My heart's right down in my shoes. I feel the same way, Jimmy. Gosh. place really looks like a ghost town in the moonlight. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. I'm sure I heard something that time. Listen. I don't hear anything but the wind. Wait. Tumbleweed! Tumbleweed! Echoes enough to give anyone the creep. Shh, quiet. You hear that? It's coming from that building over there. Follow me. I still don't hear it. I heard it that time. Someone's in this building. Now look, Jimmy. You keep close behind me. And be very careful because it's dark in there. And the floorboards may be rotten. Hang on to me if you can. And stop when I tell you to. You understand? Yes. Okay. I'll open the door. Let's go. It looks like it's coming from the back. And see? There's a door to some kind of a back room there. Yes. Watch that hole in the floor. Watch it. It's Tumbleweed. Yes, thank heaven. We're coming, Tumbleweed. Here's the door. Oh, locked. Stand back, Jimmy. I'll have to break it down. Be careful, Mr. Ken. I will. There we are. Tumbleweed, where are you? Over there, Mr. Ken, in the far corner. Yes, I see him. Come on. All right, Jim. Help me untie him, will you? I'll take this gag off his mouth. You untie his legs, will you? Okay. Careful, though. Get this gun over here. There it comes. There we are. Tumbleweed, well, what happened to you? 
Phew. Oh, thanks, partner. Oh, sure is good to chap my jaws again. I was, was beginning to get a mite cramped. There. Your legs are untied. Okay. Wait a minute now. Get your arms. Keep tumbleweed. There. I'm glad we found you. Well, no gladder than what I am, Jimmy. I sure am much obliged to both of you. Reckon a few more hours of this would have made me stiffer and a pair of Sunday go to meeting shoes. Who tied you up like this, Tumbleweed? What made you cry for help? We were coming out of the cave to see what had happened to you, and all of a sudden an avalanche closed up the entrance. Reckon he must have done that, too. Who, Tumbleweed? Why, the same hombre what laid me out cold. Who was it? I don't know. Now, wait. Suppose you start from the beginning and tell us exactly what happened. Well, when I left you to, to fetch the horses... Yeah? I didn't get more than 50 paces from the cave when... Quick as a buck and bronc, some hombre reared up back of me. I seed him out of the corner of my eye, but afore I had a chance to do more than let out a yelp, I felt like a mountain come down in my head. Cheaper. You didn't even get a chance to see who it was. No, sir. Went out like a candle in a storm. Well, when I come to, here I was, all roped up like a calf ready for burning. Well, was the man who did it in the room when you came to? No, didn't see hiding a hair in. Was it lucky Mr. Kent heard you? Yeah. I reckon it is. I heard you hollering for me. I thought I did. And then I started letting out my vocal cords as much as I could with that uh, gag muffling me up. Gee, we had no idea what happened to you. Well, I think we'd better start back to the ranch. Not till I find the ornery hombre what left me with this headache. But it's pitch dark, Tumbleweed. Yes, Jimmy's right. You can't go prowling around here at night, certainly. Now, we'll, we'll come back in the morning and take up the trail of the silver arrows where we left off, huh? Well... Maybe you're right, Mr. Kent. Yeah, it's time we had some chow anyway. Boy, that reminds me. I sure am hungry. <laughs> so am I. Oh, say, incidentally, Tumbleweed, you hmm. know the solution of the riddle on the third silver arrow depends on you. That right? Mm-hmm. Listen, I wasn't listening when you read it last time. What's it say? Well, well let me tell it. him, Mr. Kent. Huh? I think I remember it. It said, pace seven to the south, then face the east. Shoot this arrow where the sun shines least. Is that right? Correct, Jimmy. You got a gold star for the... What's that? Why, that's the same thumping I heard before. What do you mean? It went on for about ten minutes after I come to. Oh? It stopped just before you busted in here. I forgot to tell you about it. Golly. Maybe it's the bird who tied you up. Let's find out. Come on. Here's the stairs. Follow me. Okay. Careful, Jim. Them steps ain't strong. Stop. Oh, that's funny. Sure is queer. Might be a critter thumping his tail. Well, we'll see. There. It started again. Uh-huh. Here's the head of the stairs. And there's the room the sound's coming from. Be careful now. Don't take no unnecessary chances, Mr. Kate. We ain't got no guns, you know. I know. Don't you worry about me. I found a candle and some matches downstairs. Want me to light it? No. Not yet, Jim. Ah, here's the door. I'll try it. Combination. That something stopped again. Never mind that. The door's not locked. You two stand back out of the way, flat against the wall. I'm going to open the door. What will Clark Kent find in the second floor room of the ghost town shack? Who or what is responsible for the weird something? The mystery of the Silver Arrows seems to be deepening, so don't fail to tune in again and follow each thrilling adventure with Superman. 
don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky! It's a bird, it's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen... And now to our story. When Jimmy Olsen found a silver arrow buried on Tumbleweed Jones Ranch, things began to happen. The arrow was engraved with a riddle in rhyme. If he who finds it has no fear, he'll search the stream neath the galloping steer. In the deserted ghost town of Dead Man's Gulch, Kent, Jimmy, and Tumbleweed found the second arrow, which in turn led to a third. Having learned from an old prospector known as Hopeful Jake that a legendary character called the Silver Arrow once roamed Lost Valley... Kent is certain the carefully hidden arrows with their mysterious rhymes must lead to something important. But evidently, others have the same idea. Some very active ghosts have suddenly come to life in Dead Man's Gulch. First, Kent and Jimmy were almost trapped in a cave by a man-made landslide. Then, Tumbleweed was struck from behind and left roped and gagged in one of the ghost town's deserted shacks. To cap everything, a mysterious tapping led our friends to the second floor of the shack where they found a young girl bound to a chair. Strangely enough, she was wearing, as a hat ornament, a duplicate of the three silver arrows. As we pick up our story, we find Kent about to question her regarding it. Listen. Now, this silver arrow, Mary, do you mind telling us where you got it? Not at all, mister. What was that? Look, over there on the wall. I'll be a bobtail coyote. It's another silver arrow. Come through the window. Is it Mr. Kent? Yes. A note attached to it. A note? Gosh. Oh, what does it say? Now, we'll see in a minute. Ah. Hold that candle up, Jimmy. Yeah. That's it. Well? Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. It's written in pencil, and it's a little hard to decipher. The handwriting is childish. Come a little closer with the candle, yeah? Yeah, That's better. Maybe I can read it, Mr. Kent. I teach kindergarten back east, and I'm accustomed to children's writing. Oh, you probably can't. Here. No child ever wrote this. It's the handwriting of an old man. Oh, can you read it? I I think so. Now, let's see. Leave now and don't never come back. Give up looking for more silver arrows or you'll be finding them in your back. Gosh. I don't suppose it's signed. No, no, that's all it says. Leave now and don't never come back. Give up looking for more silver arrows or you'll be finding them in your back. What does it mean? You three wait here. I'm going out to look for whoever sent us this pleasant little note. I'm a-going with you. 
I think you'd better stay behind, Tumbleweed, and keep an eye on Jimmy and Miss Lewis. Well, nobody has to keep an eye on me. I can take care of myself. Look. What? It's a cat out the window. It's a man. Heading for the hill. Stand back. Stand back. I'll get that man with my bow and arrow. Hurry, Tumbleweed. Here goes. Did you get him? If and I did, I just winged him. He's running like a local spear. I'll catch him. Oh, hold on, Mr. Kent. I'm coming with you. You and Mary wait downstairs for us, Jimmy. Okay, Mr. Kent. Can you see the steps, Miss Lewis? This candle doesn't give much light. Be careful. I know. You better let me hold your arm. Easy now. One at a time and feel your way. Some of the boards are pretty rotten. There. Now we're all right. Who do you think shot that arrow through the window, Jimmy? Gosh, I don't know. A lot of funny things have been happening around here. Things that are pretty tough to explain unless you believe in ghosts. Dead Man's Gulch is supposed to be a ghost town, you know. That simply means it's deserted, Jimmy. Well, for a deserted town, it certainly has plenty of activity. You know, I still don't understand how you had nerve enough to come out here alone. You never did tell us what brought you to Dead Man's Gulch. Well, it's a long story, Jimmy. You said you were looking for something. Has it anything to do with that silver arrow you're wearing on your hat? Yes. Where did you get that silver arrow, Miss Lewis? I'd feel much more comfortable if you'd call me Mary instead of Miss Lewis. Gosh, I, I would if I didn't know you were a school teacher. Kindergarten teacher. Don't let that frighten you, Jimmy. Okay. Well, where did you get that silver arrow, Miss... Uh, Mary? My grandfather sent it to my mother many years ago. I was searching through an old trunk recently and found it with a faded letter that Grandfather Cummings had written. It mentioned the silver arrow. It said to guard it closely because it had great value. Oh, did your grandfather used to live out here? Yes, my mother was born in Los Angeles. She doesn't remember her father at all. Her mother brought her east when she was only an infant. Didn't your grandfather go with them? No. Seems he was a western bad man, Jimmy. A cattle rustler. And his wife, my grandmother, left him and went east with my mother. Oh. They never saw him again. And the only time they ever heard from him was when he sent the silver arrow. Gosh. Was he a real western bad man? Did he hold up stagecoaches and things like that? <laughs> I imagine so. Golly. Well, why did he send your mother the silver arrow? Well, that's what brought me out here. When I found the arrow in the trunk and, and read the rhymed inscription on it, I realized that Grandfather Cummings must have had some reason for sending it. I guess you're right. Because the three silver arrows we found must lead to something. See, I wonder what happened to Mr. Kent and Tumbleweed. You think we ought to go out and look for him? Mr. Kent said to wait here. All right. This candle is getting smaller and smaller. I'd hate to be stuck here without any light. It's bad enough. Jimmy. What's the matter? I felt a cold draft. So did I. The candle's flickering. Someone's opening a door. Who's there? Jimmy, the candle. It's out. Have you got any matches? No, tumble we took them. Someone's coming toward us. Where are you, Jimmy? Right here. Hold my hand. Don't be afraid. Can't we get out of here? I don't know which way to turn in the dark. I think I'd better yell for Mr. Ken. Mr. Ken! Mr. Ken! Jimmy! Someone's got me. Yell for her. Help! Mr. Help. Ken! Help! Help! Step on it! Mr. Ken! Help. Mr. Ken! I'm coming! Jimmy! I'm all right. You knocked me down. Wait, Scott, what happened? Why is it pitch dark in here? The candle blew up. Someone attacked Jimmy. What? Strike a match. There. Jimmy, are you hurt? No, I just got the breath knocked out of me. You scared him off, Mr. Kent. Scared who off? Someone opened the back door and the draft blew the candle out. Are you sure it wasn't the wind? Oh, no. 
We heard footsteps in the floorboards creak. And the wind doesn't wear whiskers either. What are you talking about? Look. Wait, the match one, and I'll light another. Where's that piece of candle you had, Jenny? Guess I dropped it. There it is on the floor. Oh. I'll light it and set it on the table. Better than striking matches continually. There we are. Now, what were you saying about whiskers, Jimmy? I've got a handful of them. What? White whiskers. Look. Well, where on earth? Whoever jumped on me in the dark had a long white beard. Leaping lizards, Mr. Kent. I'll bet a dollar to a donut it was... What's his name? Who? Oh, you know. That old prospector. Hopeful Jake. No, no, no. It it, it couldn't have been. Well, how do you know? He had a long white beard and... And he was the only one who wanted us to stay away from Dead Man's Ghost. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm sure it was hopeful, Jake, Mr. Kent. I tell you, it couldn't have been, Jimmy. You'll see why in a moment. Here comes Tumbleweed now. Hey, you ornery, low-down, spindle-shanked cayuse. I got a mind to run you to full of arrows. You won't be good for nothing but probate. Get inside there before I lose my temper. Get Hi. It's hopeful, Jake. You ain't got no call to treat an old man this way, Tumbleweed. All I done was play a little joke on you. We don't take a hanker into them kind of jokes, you spavin' old wheeze box. Huh. Now do you see why the bearded man who attacked you couldn't have been hopeful, Jake, Jimmy? Wait a minute. I'm not quite sure. Hey, let go of my beard. Oh, you're right, Mr. Kent. It's a different beard. What's going on here? Why, someone attacked Jimmy and Mary while we were chasing Hopeful. Jimmy wrestled with whoever it was and managed to pull a handful of hair out of his beard. Why, you mean to say there's another loco bearded hombre loose in the gulch? Yeah, that's what it looks like. I told you, I warned you it ain't safe to go messing around in no ghost town. Nobody is asking you for no opinion. If it ain't safe for us, it ain't safe for you, neither. Is this the man who shot the silver arrow into the window? Yes. He says it was a practical joke just to scare us. Don't put no stock in that, ma'am. Hopeful Jake ain't spoke the truth for as long back as I can remember. Hey, you got no call to say a thing like that, Tumbleweed. It ain't right and it ain't decent. I'm an old man. Yes, but not too old to wander around in the darkness playing what you call practical jokes on people. Now, are you going to tell us why you've been trying to keep us away from Dead Man's Gulch, or do we have to turn you over to the sheriff? We ain't turning him over to no sheriff, Mr. Kent. If and he don't talk, and talk mighty quick, we're going to string him up. Huh? Uh, maybe you're right, Tumbleweed. That would be the easiest way. No, no, you, you, you can't do that. It's against the law. The law won't have no part of it. We'll just heist you up and let the buzzards pick your skinny carcass clean. Get the rope off in my saddle, Mr. Kenton. Uh, I'll talk, I'll talk. I'll tell you everything I know. It ain't much, but I, I'll tell you. Go ahead. Just one thing I want to know, Hopeful. Why did you try to keep us out of Dead Man's Gulch? Because there's something here that belongs to me. Something I've been hunting for 30 years, and I aim to find it before I die. Evidently, you're not the only one who's looking for it. There's someone else in this town, the white-bearded man who wrestled with Jimmy. Do you know who it is? Reckon I do. Oh? I've been nursing and feeding him for a long time, trying to get him to think straight. Trying to get him to tell me where he buried it. Buried what? I don't know, but I reckon it's silver. Pounds and pounds of silver. Well, who is this man? What's his name? You heard what Mr. Kent said, Hopeful. What's his name? His name? Well, it's... Oh! Catch him, Mr. Kent. Okay, I got it. Mr. Kent, what happened? He's been shot in the back. What? With a silver arrow. Silenced by a silver arrow knifing out of the darkness, Hopeful Jake slumps into Clark Kent's arms just as he's about to reveal the secret of Dead Man's Gulch. 
Has the silver arrow silenced the old prospector forever? The story is rushing to an exciting climax, so don't forget to be with us for the next revealing episode. Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!